So we work in a uh, very rural area in South Africa. Like you can see, we, we drive for a living. That's actually our job. No, I'm just kidding. But that's, well, we've done 7,000 miles in your country. So I do think we drive for a living, actually. But anyway, so we, and that's kind of what we did for the last seven years, eight years, and also ministering in, in other nations, other churches, just uh, this, we work among the uh, people group called the Kozas, very the language with the cliques. Very hard language. I can't speak it really, but uh, anyway, it's just fun trying. And um, yeah, and it's just a, a bunch of people, amazing people, but they don't have the gospel of Jesus, right? And uh, where we lived, we didn't have running water for five years, so we would get water in buckets and bring it home. We have outhouses, that's what you call it. We call it a long drop. That's much more uh, descriptive. descriptive, I think. <laughs> you know? Um, <laughs> Outhouse is a good word, but that sounds like something nice. A long drop, that's just what it is, right? It's just... Anyway, so uh, um, we, we have electricity sometimes, not always, but anyway, we, so most of the times we have electricity. And we are um, the only Afrikaans people in forever, right? And um, it's an awesome area to be in. Our neighbors are sheep and cattle and donkeys and the, the, the big five. It's just not the big five you have in mind. And, um, but also our environment is, is awesome, but it's, it's tough. Um, you know, there's lots of crime where we live. Uh, the police is never going to come if you phone them, ever. <laughs> I don't know if their phones work, so it's not going to happen. Uh, I don't think the neighbor is going to come if something happens. I don't think so. Um, we don't have a, a sheriff. We had one in the house or state patrol. We don't, we don't have that. Um, but we have Jesus. Amen. And we have a revelation of Jesus. And that's the only reason why you would do something stupid like that. To take up my family from a very safe place, a city environment, and move into a village where people are being raped on a regular basis. You'll be killed for $4. And that's our world, you know. And we lived there for seven, eight years, and we've never been touched. The Lord, not a window has been broken on our property. We developed a base from nothing and all of those things. And we've never been touched uh, in all those years. Our neighbors have been, which is unfortunate. But for some reason, we've never been touched. And we do stand out a little bit in the crowd, like you noticed, right? Yeah. And um, I want to start there to kind of share with you what I have in mind this morning. And I want to be sensitive to the time, but I also want to pray for, for more people. So that would be awesome if we can do that, right? But if you would page with me to Mark chapter 1, it's a very famous story. And I had so many ideas of what I want to talk about. And then I ended up here again, which was not my first choice. But I do think it, hopefully it's the right choice, right? So Mark chapter 1 story that all of you know, um, it's about the leper and Jesus, right? We're going to read from verse 40. I use the Amplified Bible. My apologies if you don't like that one, but I do. Because how do you know it's a woman who wrote it? It's an old joke, but I still enjoy it. Do you know how you know it's a woman who wrote the Amplified Bible? All the extra words. That's how you know. Yeah. 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 It is a woman. Yeah. But I need the extra words, so thank you, ladies. You guys are awesome. I, obviously, I need help, right? I appreciate 
your gift of vocabulary, right? So, <laughs> verse 40, are you there with me? Mark chapter 1, all right? And it says, And the leper came to him, begging him, and falling on his knees before him, saying, Oops, Lord, if you are willing, you are able to make me clean. Let me just pick that up. Let's just pause there for a minute. So the story begins with a leper, right? Now, if you understand scripture a little bit, lepers were not allowed in the city limits, right? So if you're a leper, you were seen as unclean. That meant you had to stay in a little leper colony, usually somewhere by a river or in a rock, you know, among the rocks or in the caves. And you were seen as unclean and very scary. So if you came into town, everybody would freak out and run away because you are a, you know, a, yeah, you're a little walking disease, which you are, and you're going to infect everybody around you, right? Which is um, true. So it's not like it is just mean. That's just what it was, you know? So if you're a leper, you weren't allowed in the city limits. It was very tough being that. So all the lepers would kind of gather together. Right? So they would build a little leper colony, and that's kind of, that's life, you know? So this guy is quite something, if you think about the story, just a, a little bit more. Because Jesus is walking in, the, in town. He's walking next to the road. It sounds like he's in town. And this guy decides, you know what, I need to, I need to get to Jesus. But... What often happens with us, and I'm, I'm going to talk about that in a minute, but what often happens with us as just people, normal people, is definitely so in South African and my villages, maybe it's not like that in Crowley, I don't know, so you guys, I'm sorry if I'm missing it, right? But what people in South Africa tend to do, I'm sure that's not a Louisiana problem, but the lepers in South Africa still gather together, and they make these little leprous colonies. But the lepers of today aren't lepers necessarily. They are people with the same beliefs, right? Or the same pain, or the same issues in life. So all those who are struggling with anxiety and depression, they create a little colony and they live together. And like the lepers, Let's give another example, otherwise I'm going to sound harsh. I don't want to sound harsh. But what did those lepers do? They're a little colony. They're living together out there in the middle of nowhere. And leprosy does not have a great smell to it. So they're a little bit smelly. Let's just be honest. And they're basically waiting to die together. That's it. Because there is no hope. And what we sometimes do as humans is we gather around ideas, pain, sickness, trauma. We gather around those things and we create our own little leprous colonies. All the ang anxious, depressed people kind of tend to gather together. Why? Because I get sympathy with those people. They get my world, which is nice, but it's not a solution, right? All those who are, who've been hurt by church, for instance. I've seen that in my, like, how I many of you have been longer in church than about a year, right? Yeah. I'm pretty sure you have a story of somewhere, not in this church, though, I know that, but somewhere in a church you've been hurt, right? Right? Okay. 
I've been in church for about I don't, for 18 years now, right? Which is very short compared to some of you. Guess what? Can I tell you something? I've been hurt. Yeah. But I'm not angry at church because I love Jesus. People are going to mess up. I'm going to mess up. I'm probably going to disappoint you at some point in life if you know me long enough. But Jesus is not. So I'm not here for you, although I love you, but I'm here for him because he's my Lord and my Savior and my King. And there's healing and redemption in him. But unless we deal with our issues, we create a little colony of lepers and we have a bitter, unforgiving bunch. Right? And man, we're going to talk. It's going to be so much fun. We're going to talk about our bitterness and our unforgiveness all day long. And I'm going to tell you what happened to me. And then you're going to tell me what happened to you. And I'm going to go, oh, that is so much worse. And then I'm going to spice my story up a little bit. So it just sounds a little bit worse than what happened to you. And then at the end of the day, we're going to feel so awful, yet nice about the fact that we could just talk about our misery together all day long in our little leprous colony, right? Yeah? Then you've got, the, there's all these little things like, and, it, and it's real. Listen to me. I'm not trying to be insensitive to any of your emotions or feelings or any of that stuff. This stuff is real. It's, it's real emotions. It's real feelings. It's, it's a reality. There's a leprous colony called missionaries. I have to warn you, right? And if they get together, they're going to tell you, oh, the area I work in, that's the worst. That's the worst. The witchcraft is the worst there. The demonic is the worst there. And then they're going to come and like, yeah, but dude, do you have water? We don't even have water. Where we live, there is no water. Like, you have a tap. Oh, you, you guys are so soft. Like, our work. You know, there's always a little colony. That's what I'm trying to say. And we don't even realize it, but that's the way we live, right? We're always going, yeah, my story is much worse than yours, right? And then you have the older guys that started the work or the business. And then the young guys come in and we're like, yeah, when you, there weren't even roads when we started. You guys are here and now there's roads. And you think this is tough. This is not tough. We are tough. And then all the old timers, the pioneers, they get together. You understand? There's these colonies everywhere. Everywhere in society, everywhere, and some of them are so ungodly, it is so wrong, and all we're going to do is we're going to sit and stink together and wait to die in our misery unless, unless we see something, right? Religion will do the same to you. Religion will do the same. I was trained in church that this is the way church should be. So, again, probably not a Louisiana issue. This is a South Africa issue, right? So when I got born again, I came out of a very conservative church background, very conservative mainstream, and that's awesome, no problem at all. But when I got born again, I went to a church that is in renewal, and now somebody's praying in tongues, and I'm going, oh, that's the devil right there. <laughs> How do I know? I don't know. I just know. I just know that's the devil. Did I read my Bible? No, I didn't. But I know that's the devil. Why? Because it is not part of my leprous colony. It doesn't fit into my little world where we live and we decided this is the way it is. Right? But what we don't realize is even though we feel so safe and comfortable in our little space is that all of us think a little bit. Yeah. And that happens everywhere. It's not a past thing. It's a present issue as well. 
Like I need to get out and expose to different church movements and different people, different ways of thinking, different culture. Because the issue is if I don't, I'm going to think I'm right. And the issue is I'm not. I'm not right. I don't have it figured out. I don't have it fixed. I'm not, you know, I might be awesome. (laughs) He said so himself, right? But... But it doesn't mean I'm right about everything. I need to rub shoulders with people that think different than me, look different than me, eat different than me, smell different than me. Because that opens me up to the possibilities that maybe there's growth potential inside of me because God is infinite. He's infinite. There's unending revelation to be found in Him, right? And me and you, have not, we're, we have not arrived. I have not arrived. I might have seen one or two things that you haven't in life, but we have not arrived and you might have seen some things I haven't seen either. The scary thing is that we get stuck in life and we judge everything because of our fear, right? And we're sitting at that little river, just looking at each other going, we're going to die in this situation together. But then there's one guy. There's this one. And he goes, you know what? I had enough. I had enough. And I want you to think about this guy. This guy breaks every rule, every law, every protocol. He breaks everything that was told to him. This is the rules of our leprous colony, right? This is the way we function. You are not allowed to go to the city. Don't do it. There's laws against that stuff. Isn't that the way it is? Hey, guys, don't do that. Be afraid. Be very afraid of that right there. Be afraid of the power of God. Be very afraid. Why? Why? Be afraid of the movement of the Holy Spirit. Why? He's the promise of the Father. Be afraid of anything that confronts our idea of what life should be. Why? Because it's uncomfortable. Doesn't mean it's not true. God is bigger than our little world. God is bigger than our pain. God is bigger than our background, the way we were brought up. God is infinitely bigger. And here's the thing. He loves us. He loves you. He is the good shepherd after all that leads you to still waters and green pastures, right? He makes you lie down in those places. He loves us so much. The Holy Spirit is so kind, yet so powerful and scary at the same time. But He's awesome. And He doesn't want to harm you. He's there for our empowerment to assist us to break loose out of whatever bound us in life. But sometimes to get to that place, you've got to break the rules of your little colony and say, I've had enough. I'm breaking out of this thing. I'm moving into what the Lord has for me. Because this guy said, that's it. I've had enough. I'm leaving. And I can just hear the guys going, don't do it. Don't do it. I'm telling you what's going to happen to you when you get to town. It's going to, don't do it. And this guy just said, no ways. I'm going. Why? Why? Would you take that risk? Why do we as humans 
do stuff that is in the natural really unsensible. Doesn't make sense. Why leave your hometown and go and live in a village where people hate you and want to kill you and why? Why risk loving someone in your workplace when you know you can be hurt? Why risk sharing Jesus on the streets when you know there's a rejection that could come? Because all of these things paralyzes us and it keeps us right where the enemy wants you, which is don't do anything. Just be safe. Just be safe. Just be safe. You're safe here. We're going to die here, but you feel safe. It's awesome. <laughs> you guys smell really bad, but at least you feel safe. That's great. And this guy goes, I've had it. Enough. And he runs to Jesus and shouts out and says, if you are willing, you are able to make me clean. This is my point, friends. The only reason why you do that is because faith just moved your heart. And faith doesn't come from anything else but a revelation of who Jesus Christ is. This guy must have heard a story, must have seen something, must have heard a testimony somewhere. And he goes, you know what? I've heard about this guy. And apparently he's healing lepers. Apparently blind eyes open when he's around and food multiplies and his words bring life and it's freedom and it's truth, right? And that excitement, that expectation moved him to a place where he said, I've heard enough. I, there's hope. There's someone who's different and he's offering us a chance and his name is Jesus. And that created the faith inside of him to say, you know what? I'm done with my colony. I'm done stinking. I'm moving on, right? We need a revelation of who Christ is afresh in our life. You need to see Jesus for Jesus. Not for what somebody told you. And it's awesome. You've got to be taught. And, you know, we need that. Like, this is important. But you've got to check, are they speaking the truth or not? I often tell my people, our churches, I tell them, you've got to test me. If what I'm saying, is it scriptural or is it not? Go and check it out for yourself. That is, by the way, healthy church life. It's like we're preaching, we're teaching, we want to have integrity. But like when I got born again, if, if somebody preached and they said, you know, whatever, Proverbs 23 verse 7 says this. And I'm like, I don't know if it says that. I would need to check you out first. I'm just, I'm, I don't know. Maybe you're wrong. Maybe you're lying to me. I don't know. And then I'll go and check. And I'm like, okay, you're right. All right, good. I can go with that. The point is, you've got to study scripture for yourself. You've got to find Jesus for yourself because somebody else's revelation is not going to stir faith. Your revelation is, right? You've got to move into what the Lord has for you. This guy saw something in Jesus enough to move him out of his comfort zone into risk, saying, I've had enough. This is the way my family's always done it. I'm not doing it that way anymore because it's not working. It doesn't mean it's bad. It's just there's got to be a better way. Surely if everybody in the family keeps on having divorce after divorce, after divorce, after divorce, maybe we're doing something wrong. Maybe we've got to adjust something a little bit. If we're not getting progress in God, 
We're not moving forward, but man, we love our tradition. And maybe our tradition is a little bit off. And we've got to go, is it really just man's tradition? Is this God's tradition? Because God says you exchanged tradition for the power of God. That's what Jesus said. What if he can heal me? Like this guy, like I, if you are willing, you are able to make me clean. And he took a risk saying, guys, I'm, I'm breaking out. I'm going to do this. Like that's faith in action. That's faith working, right? And our lives, our lives must be exciting in God. Right? It's got to be an adventure because that's a sign that we're living in faith. There's a scary verse, right? Romans um, 14, I think it's 21 or 23. It says, anything that is not by faith is sin. Have you ever read that? And Have you seen that before? That scares me. Yeah. Everything that is not by faith is sin. What does it mean? If my whole life is something that I can explain constantly, probably I'm missing something. Right? We, I've tried ever since I've been born again is to try and live in a space where the choices that we make are not foolish, governed by God, governed by the people around me, checking things, but the choices I make forces the hand of God to move. And you're going to say that's arrogant. No, no. God says if it's not faith, it's sin. So I'm trying to choose to live in a certain way so that there's no ways that I can make it. It's got to be him. Living in those villages and still being alive with a, a, a good-looking wife and a good-looking daughter, right? Very good-looking. And... Um, <laughs> And nothing's happened to them in a culture where something is supposed to happen to them. That's faith. I'm not a gambler. I'm not stupid. I have a revelation of Jesus and his desire to touch unreached people. And that if we say yes, he will govern and he will protect us. Right? When I pray for the sick, I'm doing it out of a place knowing I cannot fix your problem. I am absolutely incapable of that. I don't even know what your problem is and what the medical name for it is. I'm so sorry about that. But that's not going to change a thing if I know or don't know because I can't fix it in any way. There's only one who can fix it and his name is Jesus. He said, pray for the sick, heal the sick, raise the dead, cast out demons, cleanse lepers. That's what he said. It's not my fault. It's his words. So what am I to do? Don't do it because maybe it w doesn't work. No, 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 no. That's not what we do. We do it because maybe it does work. Yeah? Everybody's like, but what if it doesn't work? Well, it probably won't because you're not even going to try in anyway. So how would you know? Right? You're going, yeah, but not everybody you pray for gets healed. I know, but some does. So that's better than your results, right? Not yours, theirs. Your, you guys are fine, right? Yeah? Like... Raising the dead. No, that's stupid. That's not happening. Well, have you tried?
because I have. And you know what? It happened. I've seen it with my own eyes. I'm not lying to you. I've seen the power of God, this same one right here, move into a room and bring a dead person, certified dead, and God brings them back to life. And you stand in the room and all you do is go, I'm afraid. Because who can do that? Seriously. There's only one who can do that stuff. But we don't even want to risk closely into that direction because what if it doesn't work? Well, it does work. You've got to risk in God. If, if you want the healing, if you want the freedom that this guy has, you've got to step over that line of comfort and your mind and just go, God, you are the creator. You're Lord of all. And I'm stepping into that reality. And I believe that you can do this stuff. And then you don't make excuses about the last time you did it and it didn't work. No, we just keep doing it. Because why? He said, do it. And we trust for it. Just the other day, we were in Illinois, in your country. Your, your country. I don't know if that's your... Is it your country, Illinois? I don't know. That's weird up there. No, I'm just kidding. I love that place. It's different, right? It's too cold. It's not right. It's not right for humans to live in those kind of conditions. I need to wrap it up, right? But in your country, this lady's there. Her, her back is deteriorating. The doctor said there's nothing we can do except uh, for an operation, right? So there's one disc after the other is just popping out. Like she can't move her legs. Your country, right? Prayed for her. The next minute she goes, she just, uh, 30 seconds, no lightning, no thunder, no trumpet, very boring. Just prayed in Jesus' name. All right, thank you very much. And she just looks and, and her eyes goes like this. And when the eyes go like that, you know that's a good sign. That means this guy, the one who is willing, I am willing, be cleansed. The next verse, that guy showed up. And she ran to him. Right? And she goes, I I couldn't do this. And she starts lifting her leg. She runs to the back of the church. She shows the pastor. almost kicked him in the face. She's like, look at this. Like, I couldn't do that. Like, and completely healed. She's got zero pain. It's a month later, still zero pain because this guy showed up, right? But somebody had to break out of what we think is possible and step into God and go, Lord, come. I'm not going to be bound by what people say is okay or not okay. I need Jesus in my life. I need the power of the one who says I'm willing to move in my life. And then people's opinions can't mold that. It's got to be scripture. It's got to be revelation. It's got to be the truth of who God is. And I want to encourage you to set your eyes on him in a fresh way. Get a revelation of who he is. Break the mold that's around your life. We don't want to sit stinking next to that river for the rest of our lives when there's a world in God to discover that can set the captives free, that can change your family. That's what we want. But we've got to step out and say, Lord, I'm willing to be uncomfortable because I saw something in you, Jesus, that I've never seen before. And it's stirring faith in my heart for the impossible. Your God is awesome. He's amazing and he's not limited to Crowley or Louisiana or the USA. He's not 
He's big. He's really, really big. And he's really, really willing to touch us if we break out and say, Lord, I'm going to believe you. I'm going to take you on your word and allow him to be Jesus, right? I want to pray for you guys this morning. Would you stand? If you don't mind, let's stand together. Uh, I'm going to pray a general prayer, and then we'll make an invitation. But if you need to leave, I'm going to leave all of the detail in, in JJ's hand. But I want to pray for you this morning is faith, but also eyes to see Jesus. So that you'll break out of whatever is limiting you guys. All right? So just close your eyes for a moment. And just open and receive like a gift this morning what he wants to impart. Lord Jesus, we love you so much. Lord, we are so tired of being stuck in life. We want you, Jesus. Just tell him, Jesus, I want you. Tell him, Jesus, help me to break out of my little colony. I know you're willing. I know you're able. So I'm running. I'm running to you. I'm denying myself. And I want to hold on to you, Jesus. Thank you for your possibilities in my life. Thank you for who you are, Lord. Thank you for freeing me. Lord, I'm choosing life. I'm choosing the kingdom. I'm choosing your ways. In the name of Jesus, Holy Spirit, come to me in Jesus' name. Show me the King. Open my eyes in the name of Jesus. Faith, come to me in the name of Jesus. Fill me with radical obedience. Fear, I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. Get out of me in Jesus' name. Lord, just bless this house, bless this family. Fill them with a fire and a passion for you like they've never fought, Lord. Make them a wildfire for the kingdom, Lord. That will cover the streets, cover the neighborhood, cover the schools, Lord. And just release your glory, your passion, your will everywhere that they go in the name of Jesus. Amen.